Mash me, Daddy! Mash me! It's December 8th, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 74! And letting it snow, I'm Abel Kirby. And pondering your mum's orbs, I'm Cold Acid. I just want to swing along with that song every time I hear it. But speaking of swinging, let's talk about your mom again. Maybe I should open a beer No, first. yours. Oh, so, so what's this about orbs? Can you explain? Uh, okay. It's the big new meme. Can you explain this meme to me? Because I have no context. All I see is orbs and the pondering of them. There's nothing really to explain. Somebody yes, found this is. picture. What are you that talking was... about? There's nothing. To... What the fuck is it about? What's Some, the orb? Somebody found this picture of Saruman pondering one of the Palantir that came off the cover of a book and was reused on another book that was for some Lord of the Rings related role playing game. Okay. And just said like pondering my orb uh. on Twitter and it just took off. Pondering my orb. Like th this is this is pure this is pure meme creation. Oh man. So it is Lord of the Rings. That's what I thought at first, but I wasn't sure. Yes. That's why that's why there's a hobbit looking disapprovedly <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> I didn't see the hobbit. There's a hobbit in the corner? I never saw a hobbit in the corner. There's a hobbit in the corner. I gotta pick go. up the pi look at the picture again. Uh, uh, let me D just check. I'm gonna know go, your meme. I'm gonna go to your uh, your timeline because it's like 100 pictures of orbs. Okay, it's not all pictures of orbs. Oh, I know exactly. This is what mostly you're... pictures of orbs. <laughs> My God. Oh man. So for people who don't know, this is a drawing of a of an old man looking at a blue orb. He's pondering the orb is the caption, and uh, for some it's reason... It's not just any old man, it's Saruman! You can't tell that just by looking at this him. Is a... You can't! You can't! You, you totally can, because that's where that's where the picture is from. <laughs> it came from. It came from a quest book called A Spy in Isengard, and then it was reused for the cover of... A Middle Earth role playing game uh, supplement book, Valor and Mayar. Oh my god. So it's all nerd and stuff. And in both cases, yeah. Well, oh I mean, god. yeah, I need Of what course, I it's nerd stuff. What, what else would we be bringing in us? Yeah. By the way, what do you got there? I got a Budweiser. Budweiser. Yeah. In a bottle. Ooh, nice pop. And I have a Haritos. Haritos. Da -da -da -da. Pineapple flavored. Man. Every time you say Haritos, I always want to think of Carl Carlito. That uh that Mexican song. We brought it up on the show before. It's hey We have, you, yeah. You wanna come with me to Mexico? I caramba you know, it goes this whole stupid thing. I'm Carlito. Carlito. It's a great song though. It's very catchy. It's dangerous. Earworm. It's, it's stupidly catchy. It's dangerously catchy. Yes. <laughs> oh man. You're going to need a, uh, I don't know, some special thing to uncatch yourself uh, to get that, spit that hook out of your mouth for uh, for that. But, oh, we're, we're, we can get to fish hooks later in uh, hooker fish, yeah. even. <laughs> There's some foreshadowing. Yeah, but, we got we got something to talk about there, don't we? Yeah, and if you want to hear uh, more, if you're just tuning in, you can listen to Rare Encounter at rareencounter.net. You can find our, all our old episodes there and a link to our chat, which is on irc.zeronode.net. Uh, and the room is Rare Encounter. We also are broadcasting on the No Agenda stream live now 
And we have a way to send us email, and that is show at rareencounter.net. You can send an email there, and basically Cold Acid gets it, because I've never gotten anything through that email. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, do we have any producers today? Well, you know why you haven't? Because I haven't either. I haven't either. Nobody's emailed us. Oh. It's lonely. <laughs> I, I feel like I've gotten... And speaking of donations, again, so lonely. Oh, we had one. We didn't get any. We didn't get any. We, oh, yeah. Somebody somebody sent us some sats, but I have absolutely no who I, no idea who that is. It's Nobody Baystar. gave us any credit. Who? It's in there. I mean, you didn't decode the message, but I did. The secret okay. message. Yeah, this is from uh, December 7th. It's Baystar. And th- includes Baystar. a message. Baystar. Includes a message. It says, for it, first off, this is a message for 10 sats that came in on on my node which i presume meant that you also got 10 sets so it's probably 20 total and i got 480 sats uh oh uh with streaming i i assume so yeah yeah so you got there i got a message uh it says this is the text check out my node and then he gives the node address (laughs) and also below the node address it has a uh, line that says to uh to say you've read this or to mark scene and then he has a invoice attached to it for one satoshi so if when i get the message i suppose what he's asking for is to for me to pay this invoice for so he sent me 10 sets and then asked for me to pay one so uh to acknowledge that i got it so i did that which i suppose is a little like responding to uh people bugging you for money on the street or uh knocking on your door but I did it anyway. So uh, we we netted nine sets. I've, n- I've never heard of <clears throat> I've never heard of, of like a homeless person giving you a penny back when you give them a dollar, though. You've never asked for change. What, what kind Not of horrible from a homeless person? That's ki- that's kind of rude. What kind of horrible person are you? You have to be a horror. <laughs> Obviously not that horrible. <laughs> what sin school did you go to, man? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And you call yourself the aristocracy. <laughs> Oh my god! So is it? So the, that's the wrap up for donations, and uh, which was just nine sats net. So then, Baystar is our executive producer for tonight because we didn't get anything through PayPal. I don't think Baystar donated to the show. That's the other thing I'm I'm thinking. I think this is oh a, okay. Well not then, a Boostergram. I think well this then, is an yeah. unsolicited beg, e begging or something. I don't know. I'm not sure what this is, but uh, I'm willing to find out. If you're Baystar, let me know. Send me a send me a Boostergram. I don't think it's. I don't think it's yeah, for the show. Properly. A bigger one this time. <laughs> a bigger one. Yeah. It, it, yeah. If it. So the one that's four eighty sats, then no note or anything attached to that one. No, that's probably just a regular boost. Um, okay. I can check out. So then, yeah, no executive producer. Apparently, apparently, Sir Spencer got the same message you did. Oh. So yeah, this is just a guy who wants to make connections to his node. Interesting. He sent messages. That, okay. This is a scam. So this is the the lightning version of junk mail. Hey, we just got fished. No, we didn't get fished. I'm sure it's a. Wow. I'm sure it's wow. someone. How long? How long has lightning been around for? And it's already lot. getting spam. I don't think it is. I think this is just someone who's curious. He's a node exhibitionist, says Spencer in the uh, in the uh, chat. And yeah, Spencer would know an exhibitionist That's if he saw too. one. He's he's flashing us his sats. <laughs> flash it sats man i got a fl- i got a big wad to flash at you it's a hey check out my node <laughs> all right 
Well, we teased the fish hook. Should we do the the, the fish hooks? I couldn't get a story on yeah, this. Yeah, let's... Uh... We were going to do a... Uh, on the end of the last Rare Encounter, when we were wrapping up, Cold Acid brought up this link for salmon sperm, and it's used as a replacement for plastics. And I did not know what he was talking about. I put in my note, salmon sperm. And I thought Cold was bringing it, but it sounds like you didn't have the link either. No, I didn't. So what I did is I did, right before we started the show, I did a search for salmon sperm, and I found out, I, I don't know how you use this to replace plastic or anything, but I did find out you can buy salmon sperm online. Uh, it's uh, from Thermo Fisher Scientific. You can buy 10 tubes of salmon sperm. It looks like 10 milli, milligram slash milliliters for 289 US dollars. If you want to get... It is 10 milligrams per milliliter, yes. Per milliliter. Oh, that's the density of the sperm. Yes, that's the I density. I was, I was, I was confused a little bit about that. All right, I got it. And it also... It sounds like, it sounds like Boobery is planning on uh, Nick the Rat's Christmas gift because he's asking for his mailing address now. <laughs> well, this will be a perfect gift, Boober. You can send Nick the Rat some salmon sperm. And it's in little resealable containers, so if you don't drink it all at once, you can close it back up and drink it tomorrow. Excellent. <laughs> Just, <laughs> and it even comes with free dry ice to keep it nice and cool. Oh, boy. This is a disgusting story. Can we talk about a, another disgusting story instead? This is a throwaway. Uh, this was the equif <laughs> <laughs> meme image I got off Noah Jet. I think it was Noah Jet to Social. Did you put this in the... I uh, didn't see it on No Agenda Social. The first time I saw it was in your notes. <laughs> and yeah, what the fuck? This is some fake product called... It's it's a syringe of equif. And it has... Classic McDurble is the, the text on it. It's just got nonsense written on it. And it sounds disgusting. And uh, one of the features is it has a bee chussy squirt. Bees chussy squirt. <laughs> a bees chussy squirt? No, with triple squirt bees chussy technology. So I... I really only put yeah, it in my notes. I, this is absolutely disgusting. I, I like the name Bees... Bees... I can't say it. Bees Chussy Squirt is a show Bees title. Bees Chussy Squirt. And so I wanted to bring this to the table. Oh, God. Just because... Yes, Bees Chussy Squirt. I'll, I'll put it in the chat so you can all see how it's spelled. There's the Bees Chussy Squirt. Uh, and there we go. I think That's they the want the picture. I can't post it. It's in my sh if I posted in my show notes, they'd have my IP address, and that's not allowed. They'd actually get the whole show well, notes. Well, I will I will post it as is up onto No Agenda Social right now. Yeah, that's good. Just uh, do that. Uploading do 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 social media in real time on the podcast. This is great radio, by the way. man. And this is I love it. Of course, I'll and and immediately see it when you post it, it for a particular reason. No matter what you post, it always appears in my timeline. And I wanted to complain about this. Everything that you post appears in my timeline, even if you don't mention me. Or in my uh, my notifications, I should say. Everything you post. Your oh, in your notifications. Everything that you post. And so I put this in my topics. It's under the, the mystery of cold acid home supremacy. Because you're in my home timeline under notifications every single thing you post. I don't know what this is. Well, or I what should wizardry. be in your home timeline because you follow me. But every me showing up in your notifications all the time, though, that's a little weird. Because here's what happens. I open my notifications page, which should just be mentions, right? 
and I go down, it's cold acid, cold acid, cold acid, cold acid. It's every single cold acid post I keep scrolling down, da, 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 da. I think I have to go through two days before I find anyone except you in there. I get notified every time you post, and I don't know why. Sir you, Spencer says you've set, you've set the notification settings in such a way that it does that. Hmm. I've set the notifications. Well, how do I unset them? Because I'm upset. This is the cold acid. I thought cold acid had some some kind of uh, mystery going on, some kind of uh, setting. No, you just you just rang that bell on me, man. I ra- I like to subscribe. They rang the bell, and now all I see is cold acid every day and night. I buzz in the middle of the night. Hey, cold acid posted something. Oh man. All right, we'll figure well, that it out. Get, at least it gets my at least it gets my view counts up, so I'm happy with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, your social media whore. Your view counts. <laughs> Well, speaking of view counts, uh, I don't know. We we were talking about the microwave story before the uh, the show started proper. Yeah, I was twisting your nipples <laughs> over what you wanted to use as uh, as a screen cap for that. Yeah. the uh, The bottom line is, I got a new microwave, and the thing. Uh, let me ask you: Do you do this when you get a microwave? Uh, do you always silence it? Uh, no. I si- I've never needed to silence a microwave. I silence all of my kitchen appliances if I can. I don't want no fucking beeping at me. Especially what happens is you'll be uh, heating something up, and then you're cooking something else on the other side of the counter. Maybe a flour on your hands or something like that. And the microwave finishes, and it beeps. Which is fine. The first beep's fine. But then ten seconds later, it beeps again. And then it beeps again, and again, and again. And it never stops. It's absolutely terrible. But... Oh, mine doesn't do that. Well, most microwaves that exist It just beeps the first time. Most microwaves that exist will continue to beep forever. And it's terrible. Mine's happily defective, then. Well, they usually have a silence button or a code that you can type in on the front. So if you punch in the right code or you hold down the right keys in the right way, then it'll turn off all of the sound on it. And then you can have a silent running microwave that... When you push the keys, it doesn't beep at you. And when it finishes, it doesn't beep at you. It just stops cooking, you know? Okay. But uh, usually you have to, to do that. You have to go and find the manual for the microwave. And if it supports that, it'll tell you the key combination inside it. So I had the, this Whirlpool microwave in the new apartment built in. It's over the over the, the stove. And so I went to the website. I found it. Uh, I actually put the links in the show notes. And I, I did find it. You know, it turns out you hold down one for a couple seconds, then it turns all the sounds off but anyway at the bottom of the the page it has all the reviews for it it has over a thousand reviews for this microwave and it's not like on an amazon site it's on whirlpool.com which you know it's like if you were going to do a review why would you put it on whirlpool.com well i think we know we have the answer because if you read the reviews most of them say that they have a little um, disclaimer on it that says, I received a free product or sweepstakes entry for the review. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm yep. getting into Darren O'Neill territory with the, the paid reviews and the compensated reviewing. But this annoyed me. And so, you have someone who says, five stars, recommends the product, yes. And then, also discloses, I either received a free microwave or product or I got the equivalent of a $1 lottery ticket, basically, for some sweepstakes entry. And uh, it's irritating. It's, I guess I understand why they do it, because it's marketing bullshit, and they just want to have a... Uh, they want to be able to have five stars on their website, and instead of taking the easy route of just making the graphic show five stars no matter what, then uh, and 
they try and go out, oh, it's honest if we get some real people to write the, the text, even if we pay them and we set it up so that everyone gets five stars. And if they didn't put five stars, we'll probably delete the review anyway. Uh, though I see they have a couple one stars. They kept 28 one star reviews just because. Yeah, they, they have they have to have some on the low end. So it's not entirely perfectly obvious what they're doing. Plus, you had to go and pick, like, the one five-star review that wasn't incentivized. Well, I picked that one. I, I, I deleted that one, because you complained before the show. But I found another one, I which was... I didn't complain. I laughed about it. Ah, uh, yeah. The, um... The one I wanted to highlight, though, is this... this fi It's five-star review. It says, so far, everything has been great with this microwave. And my thoughts immediately go to, so far, what's going to happen tomorrow? You're in for it, lady. What could happen? The microwave's the microwave? in for it. What's going to happen? So far, everything's been great with this microwave. So, so far. far. It's very ominous. It, make, it makes one wrong move, popping my popcorn, and bam! Into the trash it's going to go. Into the trash, man. The T-Rash. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I don't know. What have you been up to? Talk to me, Cold. Oh. Talk to me, Goose. Keeping 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 in trouble, of course. Uh, playing with more retro tech. I've got some things to bring up on that. Oh yeah, what do you got with retro tech? But uh, yeah, so I've been I've been uh, been going on and on and on about the Amiga, right? And how yeah. and how like I wish we went back to those days. Anyway, there are people who are who have tried. There was like a challenge back in the summer to try using like old computers for a week as the main driver like not for work obviously but like for your main home computer right you wouldn't uh -huh. use you wouldn't use like your big beefy amd or intel battle station you'd like break out the commodore 64 or the amstrad right or the yeah. amiga and this one guy uh he went for the he went for a week-long challenge with the Amiga. And, I mean... And I so use, he's I use, dead now, uh, right? He's he's deceased. No, he's left the he's planet. not dead. Oh, okay. No, he is still around. Okay. For now. But, yeah, like, you can still you can still use Amigas to this day just to, just to create stuff, play around, browse the internet... Uh, there, there are musicians who are still using Amigas today to do their music. Did you know that? No, I had no clue, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Because people love that old hardware when this they want to... a great machine for that. ...make a song that sounds like it was made on an Amiga. I personally... Mm -hmm. One of the things I look for is if you can tell what what the recording equipment you used was, it feels like you you might have made a mistake. But that's not always true, though. Like... You know, if you can tell, you know, the, the signal chain for the guitar, you know, what, oh, it had the really good distortion effect or something like that, or it was this kind of guitar, then that's good. But if you listen to a song and say, oh, this sounds like Fruity Loops, or it sounds like it was made in GarageBand, then yeah, that's not a good look. And one of my well, that's, problems that's with... that's more because those per those particular tools are, are like, well-known and blasé. If you're listening to music and you're like, Holy shit, I can tell that was made with Octomed or Protracker. That's a whole different thing. That there is cred in that. 
as opposed to something like Fruity Loops. FL Studio, man. That's a stock loop. You're using presets! You're using presets, and this is a preset-free zone. Yeah, when you, ha when, you have to, when you have to source all your samples yourself and then track them so that they play, they play at the right times at the right pitch, and you've got only, like, four channels to do that in. I mean, that, that's, that takes some skill that, uh, that you don't need to fuck around with uh, GarageBand, you know? I'm going to use that same acoustic guitar sample set that's uh, in every friggin' song, every other song on SoundCloud. It's just, oh, here's By my By the way, the guy, who did, the guy who did this, the guy who did this, uh, he did a he did a demo scene version of the Bad Apple video for the Amiga. Oh shit, that's a good one. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's one of those things that's kind of like Doom, you know, Bad Apple. It just shows up everywhere. They do it on um, any computer system, you know. Uh, they did it on an oscilloscope, is what I'm thinking of now. I said that to Bemrose. Did we talk about it on the show? They got it. They they made a version that would run on an 8088. On an 8088. Hmm. The one, the one yeah. that I'm thinking of was actually they used the X Y like the, the chip on an that was inside the original IBM PC. Oh yeah. I'm thinking of the the one where they had the uh, the oscilloscope where they used the X Y inputs to draw the silhouettes from Bad Apple. So the the waveforms are always you know doing the outlines of the the uh, the characters. It's great. It's a really trippy video. Mm hmm. All analog too. Analog display. Those XY plots. Except when they don't trigger. Ah! Ah! Oh, boy. Oh, well. There's something else. There's something else that uh, I came across as well with all this uh, retro computing stuff. And there used to there used to be this there used to be this uh, custom disk-based operating system for the Commodore 64 called Geos. Geos. It was from a company called called Berkeley Softworks. Mm -hmm. And they later on did a uh, version for PC, uh, another like different different from how it was on the Commodore sixty four, which had like this total uh, look like it was definitely Macintosh inspired look mm -hmm. in black and white, essentially on the Commodore. And this version that they did for PC, well, they went as far as licensing the uh, look and feel of Motif Toolkit for X-Windows. And so there was GeoWorks, is, is what they called it, the PGOs. And do you, remember, do you remember when AOL discs were everywhere? Not the CDs, because that was like the Windows 95 era, but the actual AOL floppy disks. I've seen some... But the era I remember most when you would start getting them in the mail uh, with 10,000 free hours or whatever uh, with the, inter you know, that was the CD era. But I do remember AOL and browser floppy disks. And I'm trying to remember what the browser was. It yeah. might have been an so, early, early Windows browser, like uh, something. I don't, I don't remember. No, the the AOL client for DOS was white labeled GeoWorks. Okay. With all the apps out of it, except for the except for the browser app that uh, I guess AOL developed. But yeah, it was uh, it was GeoWorks that was powering that was powering the uh, AOL DOS client. Hmm. 
Interesting. I'm took taking a and uh, it was yeah taking a look at some of it the screenshots. Through, it went through a few steps. Yeah. Uh, first, first there was GeoWorks, and when Berkeley Softworks went out of business, then there was another company that took it on called Breadbox, I think it was, and then after. After that, there was another company that tried uh, tried getting places with it until until the principal of that company went and died. Now, GeoWorks itself is open source on GitHub. Hmm. But yeah, and it had other uses. Like it was, it it found some life on like electric keyboards, uh, some pen computing stuff. Like you remember that uh, Palm wasn't the only wasn't the only like pen computing tablet company. Yeah. I'm looking at some of these screenshots and the UI looks vaguely familiar. Not not the ones that look kind of like a Windows thing with a, a totally not a start menu. Um but some of these where they just have a grid of icons. I remember seeing stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, because that's that's essentially that's essentially what it would look like if you were running uh, CDE on a Sun workstation as well, because that is the motif look and feel. Yeah, and here's the control I see that's sticking out the most to me is the th this one screenshot I'm looking at has a it's a clock, and you can choose the clock face and whether it's a, an analog looking clock, and you can choose where on the screen to put it, like the bottom left, the top right. But one of the clock faces is called skeleton, and I've been looking at this for a while, trying to figure out what what is a skeleton clock. The other option I is... I don't know. So there's digital, analog, there's also skeleton, and Herman. Herman is probably like Herman cartoon. Herman I cartoon. I would assume. Or not cartoon. Uh, there's like a British comic strip called Herman. Called Herman. Well, I think I mean, it was British. There's a lot of things called Herman. What's Herman the clock face? And also skeleton. I want a skeleton clock. Spooky, scary skeleton clock. Look at the time. It's time for spooks. It's time. To, yeah, it's time to spook. It's time to get spooked. There we go. Well, speaking of getting spooked, uh, we had a couple of things going on in the uh, different podcasts, the different pods around town. You do the rundown. Mm -hmm. We had behind the schemes spooking oh, people right after the No Agenda sh uh, stream ended on, on Sunday, uh, where they recorded live i suppose the same way they always record live except this time it was live on sunday after the no agenda show uh immediate, so they get to pick up the tail audience of that and that was fun with lavish and boobery and quirk s the uh episode was 74 release the interlocking or lock chain. hey this is episode 74 as well yeah our cycles are lined up again finally mm -hmm. uh bowl after bowl had 119 episode 119 taken to us and actually, tonight they're doing it. They're on on a weird schedule too, because tonight they're doing a bowls with buds with none other than Phone Boy, Mister Mister Phone Boy. Mm -hmm. He may be a man. He may be a boy. He may be a phone. And Phone Boy has some other podcasting news. He's got a new show started. Oh yeah, have you listened to that? I haven't yet. I listened to the first thirty. It sounds seconds interesting. At though. the when I was waking up this morning, I. I saw it, I played the first couple of seconds, and then I had to go do stuff, so I did not get to it. But it's on my list, I'm going to give it a shot. And the, it's Phone Boy and Phoenix are doing a podcast on spiritual things and tarot and a bunch of... It's, 
it sounds like esoteric topics. Um, it looks like in the first episode they cover ear candles and uh, some other things. And living in a tent for a year, hmm. Maybe that's like using a uh, an old computer. <laughs> living in a tent. Maybe. I don't know. There, there are some pretty nice things that are considered tents that you could live in. Uh, yurts, for example. Is a, is a Quonset hut a tent? I'm not sure. Is it canvas? No, I think it's metal and cement. Yeah, then no. Uh, a yurt counts because it's essentially carpets over a wooden frame. Okay. Uh, there's, there's other styles of, like, really nice tents that you can use i'm sorry quonset huts aren't much cement they're uh they're just they're a metal dome but it's all panels though so you could take it apart yeah so still not still not a tent oh well someday quonset huts will take over the world uh angry tech news had no i don't think so yurts are so much better yurts uh, angry tech news had their uh 14th episode or i think he's he, he gave the episode number in hexadecimal now which is a Interesting decision. It's episode D. Episode D. <laughs> uh, Stolen Onion. And uh, as always, Mr. Ryan Bemrose uh, delivers the angriest tech news uh, for consumption. And he had this story about the Pirate Bay. That's one that went on for so long. The, uh, the Pirate Bay was getting delisted from Google a decade ago. I, I remember when, when that was going on. They were trying to get the URL taken away and all this other bullshit. Meanwhile, it's a it's a site that's pretty, um, well, it's pretty harmless except for, relatively speaking, compared to some other places out there. Except for the fact that they didn't care about copyright violations, and they would ignore it and say, "Oh yeah, you can put a movie up here, and we're, we won't take it down." Well, because we don't host the movie, we only point you to where the movie might be hosted. We don't even confirm if it's there or not, you know. So whatever. And they had the bit about the Air AirPod. Uh, was it air? I wrote air tards in my notes. This air tards. Air tags. Close enough. Air. Well, that's what they're called for now on air tards. The auto theft story. That's been a, such a can of worms. It seems like ever since they brought the air tards around, the uh, every couple weeks there's a story in the news about oh well these are going to be part of an auto uh, theft ring where they stick them on your car or it's going to be about someone tracking your luggage or. You know, there's a domestic dispute and someone's tracking someone else with these tags. And, you know, ever someone since they... found a uh, found, because because the iPhone itself says, hey, I recognize there's some tags that don't belong to you around me. Somebody found that to someone had snuck a tag into their purse recently. Yep. It seems like it never ends. It's like uh, it seems like a bad decision. The press for it is almost entirely negative. And the one thing that it can do, which is find your keys or wallet, doesn't make the news. Only the bad stuff it ever does makes the news. So, yeah, it might be a cool idea, but we're also talking about a system that doesn't fully work it's unless, a you have, unless you have all the location stuff on your phone. Like, if you want to find out if someone tagged you, even if you have an iPhone, if you have, like, location, all this other crap off, it still can't alert you because it doesn't know where you are. You have to be totally invested. So let me just let me just put on my tinfoil hat for a moment, okay. if I may. Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> just be aware that tinfoil hats don't help, and that they don't even protect yeah, you from radiation. The government. It's a metaphorical tinfoil hat. Thank you very oh. much. Oh, okay. But anyway, the governments have had this sort of 
tracking technology for a long time. And the only reason there's all this bad press about the AirTags is because the powers that be don't like it that this technology is now commercially readily available and they're trying to make everybody hate it so that nobody will bother with this technology and the governments can keep the monopoly on it. Tinfoil hat off. Tinfoil hat off. Oh, yay. wait. There we go. Yay. I forget what's on my board. Good job. There we go. Good job. That's what I was looking for. The uh, the story, I don't, I can't read intent into it. I'm just, I don't care for AirTards or other Apple products. My experience with Apple has been lukewarm to negative, depending on what perspective I, uh, which viewpoint I decide to take at that time of day. And uh, I don't know. It's, I don't see the hype. The UI is a one of the, here's my big experience. My big reveal when I started using Apple phones is I've always been annoyed at browsers on Android phones that suddenly started moving the um, what do you call it? Like the Omni box, you know, the search, the URL box at the top of the screen and they put it at the bottom. I said, why the hell would anyone want it there? It's very annoying. And then I realized, oh, that's what the Safari browser does. They're just copying Apple. Oh, great. Here we go. So I found the source of that idiotic trend, and that's the only insight I've gotten from using this thing. Once again, I went back to a flip phone with real physical buttons for dialing numbers, and sure, it makes texting a lot more annoying, but on the other hand, I'm much happier than when I had all these bullshit smartphone features. Well, you you have an iPhone for work, though. No, I don't. Oh, I there's an... I have an iPad for work, simply for testing it oh, now. Okay. It doesn't have, it's not one of the ones that has like cell phone connectivity. If I want to do anything with it, it's got to be on the Wi-Fi or it's got to be wired in. Hmm. All right. I have one. I, I didn't choose to have an iPhone just for the record. I have one for, uh, for work and for research purposes so I can understand what it's like to be an iPhone user. It's a little anthropology study. I can tell you what it, I can tell you what it's like without having to use one. Oh, tell me. You're gonna have to ruin. Ah, ah. There we go. Exactly. Oh man. And we also had uh, back to the podcast. Hog story. Two forty two. Just rooms. Also dropped. And I was listening to that earlier today. And uh, yeah, I got triggered. I, I got triggered by that. I heard you got triggered by it. The the ne the Neanderthaltism, let's call it that. Yeah, uh, I thought it, it was, was a... it was very triggering, but it was an enjoyable sort of triggering. I have to say, I've I've never enjoyed being triggered as much as I did when uh, when John and Carolyn were doing that episode on Monday. <laughs> it's a usually usually when I get usually when things trigger me, it's. It's actually really frustrating and everything. In this case, I was like laughing and shaking my fist simultaneously. Wow. The the story that we're talking about was a number of clips that John had brought to Hog Story. John Fletcher of the Hog Story. Yeah, by this guy who was like having a serious cope about his autism. It, yeah, I guess that's one way way to read the situation. And so he he goes into this thing where uh, all the traits of autism are associated with Neanderthals, and that that uh, it's actually uh, 
a, an adaptation that comes from the Neanderthal interbreeding with homeos, Homo sapiens. It's, so he goes with this whole thing with his long Homo arguments. sapiens. Homo sapiens. <laughs> homo, yeah, yeah, homo sapiens. Homo erectus. Oh, my God. But it was a fun segment because some interesting ideas were proposed. And I realized that... Despite, despite the fact, despite the fact, may I point out that practically everything that he was claiming about the Neanderthals can't actually be backed up by anything and are just pure guesses out of him. There, He can't make any assumptions about Neanderthal culture like he did because there isn't any sort of actual... Uh, evidence to back that to back that up well i thought he is pulling pretty much there there is some evidence about certain things and there's some neanderthal dna that we've been able to come across but there's not enough there to actually make some of these bold claims this guy was coming up with you know and he was coming up with them in ways that they couldn't actually be falsified it could be true it might not be true but there's nothing that lets us even assume that he might be right because some of these things require like actual observation. And even if we cloned a bunch of Neanderthals, they wouldn't have any of the cultural traits that those that actually existed had. It's the same reason why they say we can't really bring back the woolly mammoths because, because the behavior of the woolly mammoths isn't just something that comes from their DNA, but from their environment and the nurturing they get, like all mammals do, from their parents from an early age. I, I get that, and that he's it's basically conjecture. You couldn't prove that one way or the other. Yeah. And I just Of course, we're in we're in the age now where where we believe where we trust the science and we trust in somebody who claims he is science so i mean this sort of fantasy bullshit i guess is to be expected i just thought it was funny because i was thinking of this when as soon as fletcher started reading the uh the messages from you i was laughing in my car because he's oh this is rich from the guy who brought me that fucking stupid story about how the moon was buried under the earth which was also a piece of scientific conjecture uh, that was just written up by someone who was guessing with claims that could never be supported by evidence. Like, uh, do you remember that story? That's what. I, that's the first thing I thought when I was was listening. No, to this. no. This is the low shear velocity uh, regions under the Earth, and the paper, the paper was oh, about that. It, the paper was, yeah, we think that there's regions. We we're trying to explain what these things are. It's like, yeah, it must be a part of the moon that's just underneath the Earth. And they had some convoluted explanation for how it could have happened or whatever. But it's complete bullshit. There's no research in it other than kind of reading and trying to find a, an ex explanation. There's no, uh, there's no test. There's no test data to support anything that they said. And uh, so I thought that was rich. Cause Hon I know honestly, I if yeah, I was. Cause if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna. By the way, if I was I'm gonna go with pseudoscientific nonsense. I'd rather go with my own pseudoscientific <laughs> nonsense, like. When I, like, you heard about my claims when I was, you listened to my abs in a six-pack appearance, right? I actually didn't yet. It's, it's on my to-do list. Oh, man, man, because I have this whole theory about the firmament and how it doesn't actually require flat earth to exist. You'll love it. <laughs> oh, boy. 
I hope so. I I got into that pretty deep once for I shouldn't say this. I was writing a uh, a short story that involved some some ideas. And so I had to really get in and and try and come up with a convincing who has a convincing model of permanent permanent blah, blah, the words that are not coming out of permanent and uh and different earth topologies and it was supposed to be a spiritual successor to a little Arthur C. Clarke piece that I always loved in the uh, where it imagined a world that existed on a Mobius strip. It wasn't just a flat Earth; it was a one-sided cool. flat Earth. And uh, I wanted I wanted to do something like that, so I came up with. I, I um, you know. Excuse me, but as far as the flat Earthers are concerned, it's still it's still a one-sided flat Earth. It's not like you go to the edge and just like swing over and you've got another side to live on well i'm talking about the you the just science fall fiction off. story though it was a science fiction story that i thoroughly enjoyed uh, arthur c clark did a short story about it I, i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying that you don't with the flat earthers you don't need a mobius strip for it to be one-sided it's a lot cooler that way though oh yeah uh, no it's totally different i'm not saying flat earthers know what a mobius strip is that's not my claim the level of no, and they probably don't know what it is anyway. I'm just, I'm just talking about uh, the story I loved, and so I wanted to, I wanted to look into this stuff. So I did do some research on it once upon a time. Oh well, that wraps up our podcast rundown. Unless you have anything to add. Uh, no, no, just you gotta, you gotta listen to that, that appearance of mine on uh, Abs in the Six Pack before next week's show. Oh yeah, and then tell me how triggered it made you. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, getting back, uh, I got probably one or we two more both topics. have some potato news to bring up. Yeah, let me do mine. Mine's really fast, so I'll get it out of the way. Um, this is potato news from potatopro.com. And we had been talking about previously the Prince Edward Island shutout, their shutout of the American economy, uh, as far as potatoes go, because of an outbreak of, uh, potato wart or potato herpes, I think we called it. Uh, which yeah potato herpes is is our name for it which mm, is kind of dubious if you read uh the the canadian government side of the story the u.s agri department of agriculture i think did it i'm trying to remember what the agency was who decided we're okay no potatoes this year go away um they say oh yeah so we're not doing business with canada at least not with prince edward island i'm sure we do business with other parts but they had um american potatoes showing up at the shanghai potato trade show so well, here's the headline <laughs> pei out china in because the yep. u.s is going to be doing business with china with sending potatoes it's actually an export deal it sounds like um or they're trying to get an Wait, export like deal. usa is exporting potatoes to china or china is exporting them to america u.s exporting to china which is a little di it's not you know uh, the pei is an import so this is i'm not going to say it's a bad thing in particular we want to trade deficit to become smaller uh, than it is but the uh i just think it's interesting the odd thing is that there's any potato import and export to begin with these days because they will grow in almost anything china is a giant potato grower by the way they grow a whole bunch of potatoes and I'm not sure what the background of this is. They were never a big U.S. market for potatoes. The big ones were it could just Mex be Mexico it could just and be Canada. seed potatoes, cultivars, right? No, it's it could just be. It's not though. Like they're 
actually importing for consumption, not just growing it's, more. Uh, it's called chip stock, wow. is what it's described then, as, for making potato chips, or crisps to the UK uh, listeners. The, the Chinese must really love their lays. Chi- <laughs> I'm going to stop for that one. Uh, chipping <laughs> potatoes from Idaho, Oregon, and Washington were granted <laughs> access to China after 20 years of work as part of Phase 1 U.S.-China Agreement. That was reached in January uh, last year. And so they had the Shanghai uh, Expo where they have a bunch of agricultural products. And the American potatoes, they're just a, you know, a, a display kind of thing. So they picked out the best ones. They put them in nice little crates and they put them in their booth at the trade show. But they're trying to get deals to import potatoes. I don't think anything's been signed yet. But the fact that they've been allowed into the trade show and they were allowed to bring the potatoes in the country is interesting and so we're 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 cozying up to china but we're gonna play cold frozen potato which is my way of saying hardball with uh with prince edward island i don't know except that the thing is it's not even it's not even the u.s playing uh cold potato with pi it's ottawa that's doing so it's it's our own federal government that's saying to uh Prince Edward Island, no, you're not allowed to send your warty potatoes down to the United States anymore. Oh, that was... Which is the weirdest damn thing about it. No, they did that because the U.S. complained first. The U.S. threatened, they said, if you don't... No, here's the operations here. The U.S. told Canada, stop PEI or else. And Canada turned around and said, hey, PEI, keep those potatoes to yourself. That's what happened. Now, the other thing here is... I. Don't think I don't think PEI really makes potatoes for making into potato chips. Theirs are more for actual cooking, cooking and baking potatoes, Fresh not potatoes. chipping potatoes. Fresh potatoes. Yeah, the one the ones that come in the bag and still have some dirt on them. You know. Yeah, it smells like uh, Anne. I don't know where they came yeah. from. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, it, a, that's a show title. It sounds perverted. That's for sure. <laughs> it smells like Anne. <laughs> All right, that was my potato news. It's Not a little writing update. that one down. There's a little update there. <laughs> the smells of in. Uh, what do you got for potato news? Hit me. Hit me with a potato. So apparently, I'm sorry. Apparently, hold, hold on. Let me back up. I want to. Can I redo that? I just want to say. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. Mash me. Mash me, Daddy. Mash me. All right. <laughs> Stop that I, was, I could hear you stop that. God damn. <laughs> I did it so hard. All right, tell me about the potatoes. Mash me, yeah. daddy. <laughs> so the ancient potato of the future. Apparently, apparently the oldest pot, the oldest potato cultivar might actually be the four corners potato from the, from the American Southwest. Oh, apparently, apparently this, this potato has been has been sustaining the natives in that area, like the Navajo and such, mm-hmm. for almost as long as the entire Holocene era. So, eleven thousand out of the last twelve thousand years, they're saying, and it's it's now being studied for its shelf life and certain other certain other positive characteristics that we don't have with a lot of the commercial potato cultivars. On the other hand, there is pushback from the native tribes, despite the fact that 
none of the none of the potatoes that are being studied for this have actually come off any reservations or anything like that. It's all been off of private uh, farmland or found in open public lands because this thing this thing grows almost like a weed through the southwest. Those potatoes. And uh, and it's got some it's got some taste issues. Uh, for people like us who are used to just like the commercial cultivar potatoes. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. A... It's, it was it was interesting coming ac coming across this and hearing about this ancient potato that might that might uh, end up being crossbred with our more commercial varieties to come up with the super potato of the future. I like the super potato of the future breeding program. I do, I do like that sentiment. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like Nazi eugenics, but with potatoes. Here, is this the photo? I see you posted something. I'm looking for the photo. I posted the link to the article. Are those little cute little potatoes? Are those the ones we're talking yes, about? Yes, yes, they are. Those are those like, are the, them. Those are tiny little. Yeah, potatoes. they're tiny. Like mini but keep keep in mind keep in mind that maize when it was first cultivated wasn't these big yellow kernels like we know them today. Yeah, big kernels, man. You gotta have a big. Right, if you want to so, be popular, you gotta have a big kernel. That's what they learned. Oh, I got the biggest. The big. That's what KFC has outside. They got a big kernel outside. They do. Yeah, they got a big kernel too. <laughs> All I can think of is gentlemen, behold corn in the uh, <laughs> we get the can we get the uh boku no sexual harassment uh clips wow i should have clipped that one you know you know exactly what i'm talking about with that one i know exactly what you're talking about yeah i'm talking about the corn vibrator. <laughs> did someone make they actually made a corn-shaped vibrator based on the it was branded merchandise yes i think i think that actually exists <laughs> let's corn let's break. Google for it. Uh, corn shaped vibrator. <laughs> it was the bisexual. It was the guy with the. Uh, what was he wearing? Like the blue. Take uh, bite out of summer with these corn inspired sex toys. Oh no! Unmashable.com. Corn. <laughs> there we go. I got the picture. Finally, the picture a fresh corn. new ways to enjoy shucking. Shucking. Yeah. There we go. Oh shucks. Oh shucks. And of course we find our way to the gutter no matter what we do. Oh lord. Well, of course. Wait a minute. This isn't what I'm thinking of, but uh it's a corn shaped dildo. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Dude, it's all corn shaped dildos. The there was there was a particular one based on the anime. It was like anime merchandise, but it was a corn vibrating corn. That they was being sold one year. I cannot find a picture of this. Maybe I need a, a Japanese website. I need to go get this translated. Ah, okay. It doesn't matter. The and court. I made the mistake of going to image search as well. And, well, let's just close that tab. <laughs> it's, getting, uh, it's getting AMV Hell Zero in here pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure is. All right, don't Google that at home, kids. Google it at school when no one looks at it. We got any anime or manga talk to to come up with? It's we're nearing the end of the season. Yeah, so it'll be time to pick new shows soon. I have two things that I need to marathon, and I just haven't done it. And I'm thinking maybe this weekend I will. 
because the last right. weekend, the weekend before last, I was moving. Last weekend, I was still moving, so I'm actually done. But I've got Spice Wolf season two. I get a blast through, and I have to get eighty six. You still haven't watched two. that, or you're rewatching it? Oh, I've I've watched it, but I was gonna watch it this fall. Ah, so I gotta hurry up because winter starts. When's the first day of winter actually? Uh, uh the twenty first. Yeah, so I, I'm running out of time. Or the twenty second. I'm not sure this year. Yeah, winter. So you got like two weeks. Yeah, the twenty first. There we go. You got two weeks left. Yep. Well, what do we got for stories? Uh, we got a little bit of time left. I I ended up actually. I I ended up after dropping it, starting up on Kyokai Senki again, and it's that I don't know it it's act, it actually grew on me despite being so shonen as hell. Yeah, shonen. I'm trying to think of what Chio uh, in the English dub of Chio School Road. She's she talks about the shonen jump. He goes, ah, it's shonen, whatever the fuck is what she calls it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get a copy of shonen, whatever the fuck. It's a uh, Oh boy! Now is a uh, is that one a one core show? I'm trying to remember what the details were. Can you remind me what that show was? Chio's School Road, I not, think, is not one Chio's core, School yeah. Road. The uh, the one you were oh. watching, Kyokai Senki. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's. It might not be because it just got into something. Episodes twenty five. So it looks like I'll be watching it through the winter as well. For some reason, thank I'm... you, Analyst, for giving me that information. Is it? just me or do the characters kind of look like the they were drawn by um leaf you know like leaf the visual novel company they did the underwater ray romano and tears to tiara and some other things the character designs remind uh, me of them for some reason i don't know maybe it's inspired i don't know character design kenichi onuki age 60 has also worked on Gundam Breaker Battlelog, Tokyo okay. Avengers, Golden Kamui. Any Leaf titles? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm still scrolling down. Digimon yeah. Universe. <laughs> no, that's not one of them. Ah, well. Boku don't hero a cat. It all, it all, uh, it all looks the same. You know what I mean? It all blends together. Well, that's Shonen for you. <laughs> shonen, Shonen whatever, whatever the fuck. That's what it's called. Um, the last story I had was the. I almost want to push the people living in trees. I should have brought it up at the beginning. I should open with the trees. I'll give you the synopsis. Yeah, trees are always are always good to open with. I was I was uh, looking at lists of people who lived in trees and how long they lived in the trees and why. And the uh, the Julia Butterfly Hill case came up where she was a protester who decided to live in a tree, in a redwood tree, to protest uh, deforestation. I think. And was supposed to be up there for, uh, was it a week or something like that? But she ended up being a up week, there for yeah, years. Yeah, she was up there for over two years. <laughs> so, uh, I was going to 738 days. Yeah. There was also this guy, uh, let me get, church. it's this article from Church Pop. I'm just going to summarize it. I was going to go into a big thing with some... Yeah, sh- the story of Sir Simeon. Sir... Uh, Saint Simeon. I think we had Simeon... D- I was trying to figure out if we talked about this other show before, but I had a bunch of bits I, I can't do so. now. Yeah, he decided to live on top of a column. <laughs> he got sick of dealing with uh, the people on the ground, and so he decided to live on progressively higher and higher columns. <laughs> and he was living on top of poles for years, and like people would come up to, to talk to him, and they had a ladder where they could come up and see him, and I guess people would feed him. You know, he wasn't even the only one 
No, there was a bunch. I had a bunch of... Um, I'll bring it up next week. There's a lot of people, yeah. a surprising number of people, who decided to live in trees or on top of things. On top of tall no, things but I for mean, years. I mean, uh, I mean, like, people who became sainted, who lived on top of uh, pillars. That's what, that's what stylite essentially means. A stylite uh, from the Greek, stylites, which means pillar dweller. Pillar dweller. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that. And factoid. so they would, they would, they would live on top of pillars, spending their days uh, praying and preaching. And uh, apparently, all I could think of is you gotta like poop off the side. So there's probably there's probably a ring of of bad stuff at the bottom. That's all I could think of. I've got a poop story. Now that you've mentioned that, oh, let's bring on the poop story. I'd love to bring up. Let's yeah. do a poop story. Apparently, apparently. Apparently, an incredibly important study determined that penguins can shoot, like they're they're projectile poopers, and can shoot can shoot their shit further than the length of their own body. Uh oh! And uh, this was this was discovered how and why and uh, penguins shoot poop bombs. It was discovered for science. <laughs> for science. This is they, kinda... they determined they determined how much pressure the penguins needed to do their long distance horizontal pooping. It, how they determined that? Uh, I I hope that they did it by uh, watching the ballistic arc and measuring the mass and trying to figure out what the the forces involved were. Because the alternative is we put yes there is there is definitely force the calculation involved. We, we just oh, put a open, pressure gauge open up, up that article and scroll down there's even there's oh, no. even a there's even a diagram about it this is a distressed which i'm also looking, sticking in the show notes this is a distressed looking <laughs> penguin with two r he's got a poop real bad oh. and it's wet oh my god so this isn't quite anal circumference but it does have an anal diameter just so we're clear it's a penguin <laughs> anal diameter is two r the lowercase r and then uh uppercase r is it looks like the width of the gastric organ which i'm saying because i don't know i, lo what I they love do. how the i love how the exit is labeled a p0 so it looks like <laughs> poo poo <laughs> well it's more than that look at the the equation so they have p equals p naught plus pt pooped yeah, p equals pooped pooped p, p equals pooped <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is rare encounter who did this mindy weisberger senior writer covering the animal pooped oh my no, god you know pooping is serious business yep it reminds me of that commercial from baltimore uh the fake uh car commercial is it fuck you baltimore if you're a dumb enough schmuck to buy a car you're a dumb enough schmuck to buy a bill big bill hills you ever see that video or no, it's, it's but it sounds hilarious. Yes. It's the home of challenge pissing. If you can piss straight up in the air and not get wet, there's no down payment. You know? <laughs> a bunch of stupid things. <laughs> it was a, it, was a fun it, it had to have been a joke, right? It was a joke. This wasn't a real ad. Oh, yeah, it was a parody. It was a... Oh, now that we're pulling the curtain back, uh, I'll tell you what the real story was. It was from an advertising 
uh, convention where the different people were uh, who were pitching kind of their ad sales kind of service. Um, well, one of the companies put together a fake video reel of a, for a fake car company that they used to kind of, you know, uh, court their uh, their clients with. As a joke, and, and you know, as because it was funny, and it starts with the the slogan, like the the titles, uh, "Fly Boos." Fuck you, Baltimore is how the commercial starts. If you're a dumb enough schmuck to buy a car this weekend, you're a dumb enough schmuck to buy at Big Bill Hills. That's great, very quotable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with us, or we'll rip your nuts off. <laughs> it's just full of stuff. It was it was obscene. Nice. It was great. Uh, it was great. And I have to dig it, and you're gonna have to dig it up and watch it for next week's show. Uh, that's a classic one. I I might have played it during the. I'll play it during the pre-stream probably. Uh, okay. I'll bring it in. I'll bring it in. It's it feels kind of cheap to uh to just drop it in. You know, it's stealing someone else's thirty-year-old content. Yeah, fair but enough. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Uh, last story. Or close it up. No, I think we. Uh, I think we can close it up. I am. We closed. Not as tight as that penguin's butthole. There's a lot of retention no, the, going on there. Uh, the, it's not closed. Yeah, it, it doesn't stay closed. It opens. Well, the pressure buildup. It's got to be pretty tight for the pressure to build up. You know what I mean? Until next time, I'm Abel Kirby. Yeah. I'm cold acid. <laughs> stay fruity, boys. I had a good woman. But she laid down honey and Oh, I had a good woman, but she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?